Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's International Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to the next edition of the International Private Bank's CIO Weekly Investment Outlook. You're with Stuart Haslam and it's a very special edition today because for the first time, I had the pleasure of interviewing Stephanie Holzer-Jen from Singapore. Stephanie is our new Chief Investment Officer in Asia Pacific. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hi, Stuart. I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, thank you again to all of our listeners who are loyally dialing in um, each week and listening to our podcast. Um, let's kick right off, Stephanie. And I wanted to um, look back uh, at the ECB's action last Thursday. I mean, it's a really difficult time, I think, if you're a central banker with inflation continuing the way it is, a lot of uncertainty in the markets given you know the really unfortunate and, and difficult situation going on in the Ukraine at the moment. Um, what was your takeaway from that ECB meeting, Stephanie? Well, the ECB has delivered quite a surprise to us because... Um despite all the uncertainty surrounding um, the global tensions and the economic impact that uh, um, primarily lies um, on Europe, the ECB decided to phase out its bond purchases more quickly than previously planned. And then in addition, they confirmed the end of the pandemic emergency program, PEP, at the end of the month. And uh, also Lagarde announced that she would reduce net bond purchases under the asset purchase program. Wow. from months to months through the end of June. So she said they've actually paved the way and given themselves the flexibility now to start to follow through with the key rate hike second half of this year. And I think that surprised not only me, um, but lots of market observers that thought that this balancing act between inflation and growth would be tilted towards more of a concern around the growth outlook, given what's happening uh, on Europe's doorstep. Yeah, sure. And then, I mean, one of the things that I know in, in previous roles, you, you've been an expert and you still are obviously in, in international currencies. Um, I wanted to go straight into the question on how did the euro react after this sort of surprise from the ECB? And were there any other major kind of currency effects that um, our listeners should be aware of? Yeah, well, it was a, it was a textbook reaction if the ECB is looking at uh raising rates earlier than people were thinking and uh, the yields of eurozone countries are going up uh, sharper than expected and uh, inflation forecasts are raised then the euro dollar would be going up and don't forget all these other days we had a persistent weighing on euros um, because of course euro is not a currency on its own euro is quoted against the us dollar and the us dollar in times of high volatility and a lot of uh, geopolitical tensions is acting as a safe haven. So we had uh, the market taking back a little bit of that. But the question mark, of course, is now, is this, uh, will this be persistent? Um, I very much doubt that this is the case because as geopolitical tensions are going on, uh, we will still be faced with this volatility and uh, we still have a risk off uh, environment where it's typically the US dollar that's in demand. And then, of course, as we said, it's on Europe's doorsteps. Europe will um, and the euro will be consequently under pressure. And other safe havens uh, that have qualified we've seen recently is the renminbi and uh, Swiss franc and also gold. And so we'd expect for those trades to um, come back as, as we go along um, with the news flow. 
Yeah, sure. I want to go back, if I could, actually, to, to central banks. And this is where we get sure. into the forward look in, in the week here, Stephanie. Let's let's talk about what's coming, because I know it's an extremely busy week, isn't it, when you think about the various uh, central bank meetings going on all around the world, and they have this same quandary that uh, the ECB thought about last week. Exactly. So when it comes to assessing the central bank reaction function, this week is the week um, we will have a lot of input in regards to how different uh, geographies are looking at the situation. But of course, I will start with the one that everybody, of course, is looking at is the FOMC meeting uh, this week. So um, it will be, um, you know, the announcement of the first increase of the Fed funds rate since December 2018. Um, we see that inflation pressures are actually continuing. Just last week, the CPI print rose to 7.9% year on year. Um, so it's a, it's a new 40-year high. And therefore, um, you know, the pressure on inflation, higher commodity prices, this is something the U.S. is not escaping from. And so the Fed will react. Question is, is it 25 basis points? You know, some expectations were walked back. Uh, earlier, we had uh, 50 basis points priced in, and of course, the rhetoric around this is uh, is extremely important. But next to um, the Fed, we also have the Bank of England. Uh, interesting as well. They had already started their hiking cycle um, in December and February. And in the last monetary policy um, uh, meeting, actually four members dissented from the decision to raise just 25 basis points and were putting pressure to raise 50 basis points instead. So um, will be interesting to see, um, you know, the assumption is that the pressure on the committee is likely to have uh, increased after the Russian invasion into the Ukraine, um, given energy and commodity prices have increased. But let's see. So for sure, there will be a 25 basis points hike um, this week. We also have um, um, the Central Bank of Brazil on the news wires expected to be a bit more aggressive, maybe with 100 basis points hike. And then we have other central banks. We expect them to be on hold. Um, Bank of Japan, Bank of Indonesia, the Taiwanese Central Bank, uh, Central Bank of Turkey, for instance. But again, the rhetoric around it, the assessment um, that informs the central bank reaction function is something that will be closely followed because, um, as you just said, it every economy um, is, is hit by um, global events and by higher energy and commodity prices, of course. Yeah, that's the one. Well, I mean, it'd be so interesting, wouldn't it, to be sitting in the rooms of some of those central bank meetings as uh, various governors and, and <laughs> officials debate what to do. So only time will tell. We look forward to looking back at that at the next podcast. I wanted to just stay in Asia for my final question, if I could, Stephanie, because um, we know the, the National Party Congress in China um, is, is coming forward. Now, obviously, this is not a podcast where we'll speak about political developments and events. So I, I wanted to gauge your forward look, if you could, on what you think the, the growth outlook might be for China and if you're expecting um, any major announcements that would affect market participants from this meeting. Sure. Last week was a very big week in terms of news um, from China because, as you just said, the National People's Congress has been going on and we had a few major uh, things being reported back. Um, so one, uh, one that is heavily debated, of course, is the GDP growth outlook that China's put out for themselves, 5.5%, which is above um, a lot of um, expectations in the market, actually, including ours. 
So, um, you know, again, this week's activity data releases on, on China will be very interesting, very telling um, as first steps to assess whether this is actually uh, something that's realistic because, of course, as we uh, look at the rest of the world, the main trading partners of China face high uncertainties and um, have growth, um, you know, have a weaker growth outlook. Um, and as well, you know, we are following every day as the ongoing zero COVID policies may be impacting with the measures and lockdowns on the ground, the recovery of domestic demand. So, you know, looking now at uh, real data again to assess how realistic this is, and this will, of course, inform the market moves. Well, Stephanie, I'm looking forward to talking to you about this uh, again in the coming weeks, but thank you so much and, and very well done, by the way, for your, your first CIO Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. It was a real pleasure speaking to you and to all of our listeners, as usual, thank you for tuning in. We look forward to speaking to you again next week. Stephanie, have a great week. This podcast may be considered marketing material. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise and you might not get back the amount you originally invested. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, ECB, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority, BaFin, and by Germany's Central Bank, Deutsche Bundesbank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The product, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2021, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.